returning for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Cubs Corner, as always, presented by Coach's Bar and Grill, located at 6169 North Northwest Highway. During this tough time where it's hard to go out and get anything, Coach's Bar and Grill has food on Grubhub, so you can get it even in this time where leaving the house is not an easy thing to do. Today, I am joined by a very special guest and a very good friend of mine, Robert Fiorante, thanks for coming back on the show, Bob, and and uh, taking some time off what I assume is a pretty busy day. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's great to be here. I uh, I always listen to your show and uh, being on it once in a while. Great, it's great to have you on this uh, tough day of should be opening day. Yeah, in honor of today, supposed to be opening day, we figured we'd get a little uh, division predictions going. But before that, just want to start with the uh, update that came from the MLB not too long ago. Um, they're, they're still looking past May for the beginning of the season, if it is ever going to start. But if we can control the COVID-19 slash coronavirus spread, the MLB is looking at a mid-May, potentially early June start to the season. What do you think that would mean, Bob? Um, what's tough for me, I think the season could start June 1st. I wouldn't be surprised. But what I think the problem is, is where you you have to have a little bit of spring training to get the pitchers going, the hitters back going. You almost have to redo spring training. So I'm not sure when that would start. So if that starts June 1st, then you'd probably think maybe two, three weeks, mid-June. You're getting into late June. You're almost cutting the season in half there, but I'm thinking probably mid-June would be the start of the regular season. But probably a spring training type of thing will start early June, if not late May. Yeah, you got to give the hitters a chance to get back into their routines and the pitchers a chance to kind of ramp up their arms. But, you know, you bring up mid-June, so I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, You know, Fox already has the deal done with the All-Star game, middle of July. Are we basing that after a month of play? How do you think the All-Star game is going to work? You know, what makes the most sense to me would be how many ever games, if it's 81 games, you cut that in half, and wherever it lands would probably be, what, mid-August or late August um, would be the All-Star game to be. I think whatever the season is, you try to cut that in half as best you can, keep your deal with Fox, just move the date, um, keep the location, and it'll probably end up being late August. But no, I don't think you could do it after a month or whatever it is. Um, however, it should be in mid-July. I think you'd still have to cut the season in half and push that All-Star game back. Because it's such a big thing and it's an honor to be at the All-Star game, um, I don't think you could do it after, what, 25 days or whatever it could be. Yeah, there was uh, there was an article done by The Athletic by Ken Rosenthal and a guy we both like a lot in the business, Jason Stark, and, and they had an idea of potentially starting the season with an All-Star game maybe mid-June and going from there just to get all the best players back on the same field and get a lot of hype back for the for the sport that's been losing hype over the last couple of years and obviously not starting on time. What do you think of that idea? Well, I mean, that obviously would get people to turn on their TV, which is always a good thing, especially for the MLB. Um, you want viewers, you want people to watch your sport. My thing would be, would you just have the same All-Stars as last year then? Because, I mean, you can't just... I, I know even Bryce Harper was an All-Star. He's like a face of the game, you would say. Yeah. So I don't know how you'd, how you'd set that up. That would probably be just the same All-Stars as last year, um, which would be okay. But people change teams. So I know... I'm sure it would be something like that. But yeah, I know the MLB represents every team. 
um, every team that has at least one All Star, which then at least every team would be represented. Um, yeah, but, but then at, you, you, at, go ahead. At that point, you also have to, you know, a lot of these guys' contracts have All Star Game bonuses, and and how are you going to reward them or not reward them based on a season where they haven't even started playing yet? Is another issue, right? Right. Yeah, that definitely is an issue. Um, and, and then, are you just going to jump into the season without spring training? Um, that'd be interesting. That'd be fun to watch, but I think it'd be tough for like the little things like you're thinking about right there with the contracts and stuff. So, uh, you know, the the Players Association still wants to get as close to 162 games as possible. In doing that, you would likely either have to push the season back into um, ending around November or even December around Christmas time. You would also probably have to play a lot of doubleheaders and kind of retool the schedule um, in a way that, you know, every team ends up playing the teams they're supposed to because all those dates would get mixed up. But with your idea of cutting it into 81, would you start from, you know, let's say the the season opens on June 15th, would you start playing the game that's scheduled on June 15th or would the MLB have to reschedule every game so you get the fair amount of division games, fair amount of interleague games and, and try to figure it out that way? Um, to be honest with you, I think the easiest way to do it would just be pick up your schedule from that day and cut all the games before it instead of trying to redo it. But obviously, some teams have harder schedules in the second half. Some teams have harder schedules in May, you know, less days off here, less days off there. So that could be an issue. Um, I definitely think the one thing they should do would be to make sure each team has the same amount of division games against each other and the same amount of total division games. Maybe that means you can cut interleague play. Um, that's obviously less important if the because we know the MLB is very concerned with in division. They want you to be the king of your division. Right. Um, they're big on division, so I think the first thing there would be cut interleague and probably you wouldn't play every other team even in the NL. Um, they they would most likely focus it on just the division, and as long as it's even, um, I'm okay with that. There'd probably be some restructuring, but definitely not a complete restructure in my mind. I'm thinking just just to get the amount, the even amount of division games. Yeah, maybe they adopt something like the NFL, where you play your division um, a certain amount of times, the other divisions in your conference, and then one division from the opposing conference potentially. But here's the thing I want to bring up with all the schedule change there, you know, my team is the Cubs, your team is the White Sox, obviously. What about the Cubs playing in London? And what about the White Sox playing at Field of Dreams? What do you do about those two situations? Yeah, as we know, those were big time market things. Last year, Yankees Red Sox was a huge thing in London. A lot of fans there came out. And as a White Sox fan, I was personally planning to try to get a ticket to that Iowa game. I don't think that's something you could cut out. I think you'd have to keep that going. Granted, um, that you can still travel to London, for example. Obviously, you could go to Iowa, but London, it might be tough with the travel ban that should be lifted by then, but you never know. When was that London game supposed to be? I believe June. June. So, yeah, it'd probably be lifted by then, but you don't know for sure. Um, I, I think that'd be... I, I, I guess you could say that should be on the lower level, but I think that would be high priority for MLB to try to keep those games because of how well they were marketed last year and how much people enjoyed the high-scoring affair um, between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Overall, though, I, I don't think there's any way you can do 162. Um, obviously, all teams like in Chicago, in Detroit, in Minnesota, we don't have domes. 
um, you can't play in mid-November and early December. It just doesn't work. So somewhere or the other, you got to cut games. Yeah, and before we get into the division predictions, I want to make a few more points. Um, first of all, there's been talks about moving the World Series and the playoffs to neutral sites and warm cities if they decide to push the season back. So that's an attempt to combat that. But the other thing is a lot of former players are saying, I don't know how you can call yourself a champion if you only play 80 games or you only play 100 games because the season has always been such a grind. You know, baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. And I read an interesting point. I believe it was in that same athletic article by Rosenthal and Stark that said, let's say you you do play only 81 games. If you played 81 games a year ago, the Nationals wouldn't come close to making the playoffs, and that's the team that ended up winning the World Series. So if you play 81 games, do you maybe expand the playoffs to eight or ten teams so you give more teams a shot of getting hot at the right time? Or would you just be kind of screwing over the team that gets an early injury and rewarding the team that gets off to a hot start if it's only 81 games? I I think the easiest way to do it and the simplest solution would be to reward the team that didn't have injuries early, to reward the team that got hot early, and you just you get screwed over if you have early injuries and you have things like that and you get hot later in the season like the Nationals. And I think the goal would be to start playoffs when they would normally start, which is October 1st, usually October 2nd, um, with the wild card games. Um, I, I personally think that's the way that they would do it. Just keep the playoff format the same as it is and hope to start on that day. And because that's the most normal thing, like that's what people know. That's what's normal. You don't want to start the playoffs in November, neutral site or not. I'd rather see playoffs at normal cities, normal things, and just 81 games. That's just me personally. And the other thing is our fans going to go. We don't know. Yeah, we have no idea how it's going to go, but those are some interesting topics to think and talk about before the MLB season gets underway. But like we said, it was supposed to start today being opening day, so let's get into a little bit of division predictions. And we'll start in the American League. Let's do the AL East first. I've got the Yankees winning it, the Red Sox coming in second, the Rays third, and Blue Jays fourth, and then the poor Orioles last place again. Yeah, I agree with you on one and five there. I like the Yankees first, Orioles last. I think Boston's really, really going to struggle this year. I, I don't think they're ever going to recover fully from that World Series. Chris Sale having uh, Tommy John. They got injuries all over the place. They got set. They're paying, I think they said, $80 million this year to people who are not going to wear a Red Sox jersey. That includes Chris Sale. That includes Price. Um, so I'm having them in fourth. I'm going to take a limb here and say Toronto comes in second and the Rays come in third. I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year, too. They won a lot of one-run games last year. I don't like them as much this year. So I have Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. You mentioned the Red Sox. I don't know if you know this, but they're still paying money to Manny Ramirez these days. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. They uh, they made a lot of, I guess you could say it worked out because they won a couple World Series, but yeah, a lot of uh, debt decisions in the past now you take a look at the american league central that's your home division i'll let you go first all right well um i'm going out on another one here the white Sox in this shortened season with a nice bullpen a probably shortened season they got a nice bullpen um they got a nice lineup um i'd say a mediocre rotation that has potential to be pretty good above average so i'm going to say white Sox, uh twins indians 
And then I'm going to say Royals, Tigers. I think the Royals are going to surprise a couple teams, maybe 70 wins this year, 72. I don't think they're going to be awful, but I do think the Tigers are going to be awful. So that's my order there. All right. I am going to just flip the first two teams. I think the Twins have too much firepower, especially in a, in a likely shortened season. I think their bats get hot right away and stay hot. I think the White Sox made a lot of good moves. That'll move them up from um, third to second place. I think the Indians, they've traded away a lot of pieces, but still have some talent enough to be in third. And then the Royals fourth and Tigers fifth, I think, as well. Um, you know, a lot of teams that you can beat up in that division, I think that'll help the Twins and White Sox. And now moving along to the AL West, you know, the last few seasons you look at this division and say, Astros are going to win it, the other four teams are going to fill out behind them, but one of the reasons the Astros were so dominant is because they had cheated for a few seasons in a row. So I'll lead us off. I think the Astros are still immensely talented, but I don't think they're going to win the division. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a different team that starts with an A, and no, it's not the A's. I'm going to take Joe Madden and the Angels to win the division in his first season as Skipper, I really like uh, the moves they've made. I think Rendon's going to be a huge addition to that offense. Otani coming back from injury. They still have a little bit to figure out on the pitching side, but Joe Mann has a weird way of managing pitching staffs, and it usually works in his first few seasons as manager for a new team. So I'm going to go Angels 1, Astros 2, A's 3, Rangers 4. They made a few moves, but they're still a little ways away. And then the Mariners 5. Yeah, I'm going to, this division, in my mind, I don't know why, I just think it's the most underrated division. There's a lot of talent in this division. Yeah, there is. Um, we know the A's, yeah, the A's have had mid-90s wins the last couple of years. Um, I'm going to say a huge X factor here is whether or not they're going to be fans, because the fans are going to attack the Astros if they are in the stadium, and I think that's going to play to opponents' advantage. So I'm going to say that's a huge X factor. I'm going to also agree with you. And I hope that the Angels win the division because, like you, I like Joe Madden. I, I, it's Mike Trout's prime. I want to see him in the playoffs. So I'm going to say they get over the hump with Rendon. I'm going to say the Angels win the division. I'm going to say the A's come in second. Um, Houston in third. The Rangers in fourth and the Mariners in fifth. Again, top four in that division, minus the Mariners. The Rangers are very talented. They yeah. they were in the wild card hunt up until past the All-Star break last year. Um, they easily had a shot to win that wild card. Into the new stadium, um, they're going to want to – I think they got Corey Kluber. I don't know who else, but they got some some uh, some power in that lineup too. So that's my top five, my uh, order for that division, underrated division. Let's get uh, two wild card teams from you. Wild card number one. I don't think anyone's coming out of the AL East besides the Yankees. Me neither. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Oakland and Houston um, as my two wild card teams. Yeah, I like those two picks. Um, I'm in between Oakland and Houston, and then I also am gonna put the White Sox in as a wild card team because I did have the Twins winning the Central. So um, I'm gonna say White Sox and Houston with the A's just barely missing out. And if the MLB does decide to add a playoff team for this season, I think the A's are the one that gets in in the American League. Now, shifting gears into the National League, we'll start with one of the divisions that we think is going to be the most competitive in baseball, the NL East. 
I'll lead us off here. I'm all in on the Braves this year. I think they're going to have a really strong season. They made some good moves to the bullpen and pitching staff, and they've got one of the best young offenses in the league. I've got the Braves one. I've got the Phillies two. I would have put the Mets two, but I think they've been dealt a couple of injuries already. Syndergaard going to have Tommy John, so they need a little bit of help. I'm going to go Braves one, Phillies two, the reigning national or the reigning World Series champion Nationals three. The Mets drop to four, but they'll still win around 80 games. And then the Marlins five. Yeah, I was all in on the Mets. I was going to pick the Mets to win the division until, like you said, Noah is probably out for the year um, with Tommy John. Yeah, I think he's for sure out for the year. So um, that definitely hurts them. All we've been hearing for the last, since they went to the World Series, even when they went to the World Series, was that rotation. And I just don't think it's lived up to its full, full potential. So I dropped the Mets. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Joe Girardi's Phillies win the division this year. Okay. Um, they made a couple moves. Didi, um, the gang's just starting to get together with Bryce, Real Muto, uh, Reese Hoskins, Didi. I think they got a good team. I think Joe is a good manager, better than Gabe Kapler. I think they figured some things out in Philly. So I'm going to go Philly, Braves, Mets, Nationals, Marlins. Um, I think the Nationals really struggle coming off that uh, um, World Series win. Now moving into the National League Central, a division I have a lot of expertise in. Um, Obviously there's some bias here, but I really do think the Cubs are the most talented team on paper. I think a lot is going to depend on how their aging rotation pitches this season, but I am in the middle of writing an article for Cubs HQ that points out the fact that in the first half of the season, the Cubs rotation is always ranked near the top five in baseball, and they usually fall off in that second half, but if the season's only 81 games, there isn't going to be a second half for those arms to tire. And I think that really plays an advantage to the Cubs, who usually start off hot. And it's a disadvantage to the Cardinals and Brewers, who usually finish strong. So I'll take the Cubs to win the division. I'll take the newly improved Reds to come in second, just barely edging out the Cardinals for third. Brewers fall to fourth. They've lost a lot of pieces, haven't really added much. And the Pirates, I think, will be the worst team in the National League, rounding out the National League Central. Yeah, I, I, I think the Brewers for the last like three years have done just enough to win like 83, 84 games, try to squeak into that wild card. Um, so I, I also think they're going to struggle this year. I'm going to say the Reds win the division. I'm going to say Cubs come in second. Cardinals come in third. Brewers coming fourth, Pirates coming fifth. I I think it's going to be very, very tight like it was either last year or two years ago, one of the two years, where they were all like five games within five games of each other, except for the Pirates. I think the top four are going to be close to each other, um, but I do think the Reds will win that division in a shortened season. And the National League West, I think you can't really argue. It's the Dodgers' division to lose. I think they're going to win it again. Um, especially since they usually start the season off pretty well. If uh, the season is indeed shortened, I think they'll just kind of run a circle around the rest of that division. I've got the Dodgers one. I like the up-and-coming Padres to finish second. Um, The Arizona Diamondbacks made a lot of nice moves over the offseason. I've got them third. Um, And I'll put the Rockies fourth. I think they have a strong start behind some of their good offensive pieces and the Giants coming in fifth. But You know, a lot of those teams, obviously the Dodgers are the best, but the other four have made some quietly sneaky good moves 
over this offseason. So that might be a little bit more competitive than we think, but I think it's still the Dodgers division. Yeah, I think it's always tough, similar to the AL East, to when you know, as the other four teams know that they're fighting for a wild card. They know they're not fighting for the division. None of them come close to the Dodgers. So like you, obviously, I'm going to take the Dodgers to win the division. Um, I'm going to take the Diamondbacks to come in second. I, I, I like I like how they stay competitive. They're kind of like the Brewers, maybe a little worse version of the Brewers. They don't have a superstar anymore um, with Goldschmidt gone. Um, sorry, but Cattell Marte is not the guy. <laughs> so I'm going to say Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres, who I don't think will uh, fill their potential like you like you could say with all their prospects. I think they come in third. And then um, Giants fourth. I think the Rockies are going to have a brutal season. Um, it was brutal with the uh, front office and Arenado and all the rumors. I think they're going to play horribly this year um, if they come in last. Yeah, and, and that made me think of another point about this uh, coronavirus um, that is impacting the season. I don't think you can have a trade deadline still on July 31st. You probably have to push that back as well so teams can figure out kind of where they're at or where they're going to be. But, you know, a trade deadline might be a time like a guy like Nolan Arenado gets moved or if the Cubs don't play to their potential, maybe a Chris Bryant. So that's also something or to keep Francisco an eye on. Lindor. Yeah, another guy on the American League side that – could get dealt at the deadline. How about two National League wildcard teams? Well, I think one is a lock for me for sure. Since I think the Phillies, I think the Braves are getting in the playoffs one way or the other. Whether they end up winning the division, I think they're in the playoffs. So I'll pick the Braves. Um, and I'll say they're going to fight with, I mean, the Mets are going to fight. But I think ultimately nobody from the West gets it. So I'll say the Cubs end up getting that second wild card against the Braves. Yeah, I have the, the same idea as you. I think... It has to come from the Central and the East. I like the Phillies to get a wild card spot, and I like the Reds out of the Central, especially with a shortened season. You know, the Reds um, usually have a pretty good start and kind of fall off towards the end, but, you know, they added some new pieces. You know, Nicholas Castellanos. I'm pretty sure they got Mike Moustakis as well, and that pitching staff with Sony Gray. Trevor Bauer and, and Castillo is as good as a one-two-three as you're going to find in the National League. So I think if they can start off hot, they'll find their way into the playoffs as well. Um, we're not going to really get into the playoff predictions, who beats who, who, uh, who advances to the NLCS or anything like that. But how about a World Series prediction, just the two teams, and if you want to pick a winner? Um, I think it's the year. I think the year has come for, uh, not the White Sox, for uh, the Yankees versus the Dodgers. I think, I'm sorry if that's stereotypical. It's just going to happen in my mind. Um, those are the two powerhouses, I think, by far. I think if you want to pick a next closest, it would probably be the Astros, I guess. Um, maybe the Braves. Um, either way, I think those are the two best teams by far. Um, and I think... Uh, I'll take I'll take the Yankees to win that with their power, and I think they'll have enough pitching to get it done. Um, even though they have injuries left and right every single year, I think the Yankees end up winning the World Series in 2020, how many ever games it might be. Yeah, I uh, was going to give a biased and then an unbiased. I Obviously biased, I'll take the Cubs against whoever, maybe uh, the Yankees or... Um, Astros or Angels. Oh, Cubs Angels would be fun. I'll take Cubs Angels, Cubs winning for my biased one. But my unbiased one, I like the Yankees out of the American League. 
And I like the Braves out of the National League. But like you, I also think the Yankees are going to take it um, to win the 2020 World Series after, like you said, however many games. How about an American League MVP? Um, I think especially because they'll be relevant this year, Mike Trout wins it again. Um, he wins it when his team wins 75 games. He's definitely going to win it when his team wins, let's say, 90-something games, hopefully. Or how many, you know, you never know with how many they're playing. But um, an equivalent of 90-something wins this year. So I think Mike Trout, you can't go against him. It's Mike Trout, he's the best player in the sport, and he will win another MVP. Yeah, I like that pick. And, and just to add some spice to this, I'm not going to pick Trout, even though I think he's your best bet in the American League. How about... A guy coming back from a, an injury-ridden season, a guy that found out the guy who beat him for an MVP cheated. Give me Aaron Judge. Oh, that's interesting. Aaron Judge, if he stays healthy, he's definitely got a shot. And how about an American League Cy Young Award winner? Something, I don't know, even though he's in my division, something in me wanted to say Jose Barrios is going to have a year. I don't know why. Um, I don't. He's the, obviously the best pitcher on the team, um, so I'm going to say my dark horse is Jose Barrios. I'm going to say uh, obviously an easier bet would be a Garrett Cole. Um, I know Justin Verlander is going to be down for a while. Depends on when the season starts. He might be back, but he'll be down for a while. Um, so I'll say a safer one would be obviously be Garrett Cole, but my dark horse is Jose Barrios. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm having a trouble, having a little bit of trouble thinking of one for the American League. I I'm telling myself to stay away from Garrett Cole and to stay away from Justin Verlander just because they're in it every year. Um, and Barrios was the next guy who popped to my mind. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Kluber's on the Astros. I mean, Kluber's on the Rangers. I don't think he's going to do much in that division playing all those good teams. The A's are more of a bullpen-heavy team. Angels don't have a ton of talent in that rotation. Um you know, I, I'm having a lot of trouble with this one. I think, let me just go with Garrett Cole. I'll take the easy way out. How about Shohei? Shohei Otani, that'd be interesting. We don't know how many <laughs> starts mean, or appearances he's going to get, but that's an interesting pick for sure. He definitely got a strong arm coming off Tommy John. Yeah, he definitely does. And sticking in the American League for one last award, how about a Rookie of the Year? I think we both can agree on it's probably going to come from your White Sox. Oh, absolutely. Um, bias and unbiased can come together on this one. Luis Roberts got to win Rookie of the Year. Um, he's got teammates calling him the next Mike Trout. I'm not going to go that far, um, but he's definitely a five-tool player. He can run, he can field, he can hit, he can uh, do it all out there in center field. So his arm is great. Um, Luis Roberts should be, barring injuries, barring someone coming out of nowhere, he should be the Rookie of the Year. All right, now shifting gears to the National League. How about an MVP from the NL? I want to go Yelich. Um, he didn't win it last year with Bellinger, but I just don't think his team's going to be good enough, and I don't think he's good enough as like a Mike Trout to when his team isn't good enough to win it. So I'm going to have to go. I, I think Mookie's going to have a really good year for the Dodgers. Um, I think Bellinger's going to fall off a, kind of a lot this year, to be honest. So I think I think Mookie would be a uh, a nice bet. Maybe if uh, Fernando Tatis. So I'm okay. thinking somewhere in the NL West it could come. I really I really forgot Mookie was a Dodger. That's an interesting idea, interesting pick. I'm gonna go to the NL East. Um, I'm in between three players, trying to decide between 
I think Bryce Harper might have a bounce back year in Philadelphia. I think Freddie Freeman is just going to keep raking for the Braves. And Ronald Acuna is one of the best young stars in the game. Those are the three I'm trying to decide between. And I think for the purpose of this, I'm going to go Ronald Acuna gets his first MVP. Oh, that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, I think Freddie Freeman just as, if not at, like more important than him. But I think I think Ronald Cunha gets more hype and gets more. He makes more spectacular plays um, and things that he does with the bat and with the gloves. So I think he gets more hype, and that's a very good pick. Yeah, I think if you look at you know the Cubs in 2016, Rizzo had just as good, if not better, numbers than Bryant. But it's just the fact that Rizzo had been consistent for so long and Bryant was hitting these moonshot home runs that, that Bryant got the edge. I think that's the kind of effect there in Atlanta as well. Freeman's been doing it for so long and just not getting the correct attention. But moving on to the Cy Young Award in the National League, you know, I've been liking this guy for a little while. My first thought initially was Trevor Bauer with the Reds, especially if they have a good year. But I think I'm going to give it to Walker Bueller on the Dodgers. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. You took the player out of my mouth. Um, I think Walker Bueller's the best pitcher on that staff now, no doubt. And I agree with you. I think he's going to win the Cy Young. And when you're looking at the Rookie of the Year in the National League, it's not as easy as it was for the American League. You know, for the Cubs, Nico Horner's a guy you expect to make a big impact. Me and you were talking before we started recording. Carter Keyboom from the Nationals is a guy we've heard about for years as being a potential prospect. But I think if you had to bet on somebody, you'd probably want to bet Gavin Lux up the middle with the Dodgers, turning double plays with Corey Seager. Um, He's probably a guy that is going to have a good shot to win the Rookie of the Year. And then another guy maybe from the Padres, Mackenzie Gore. Um, And then also, we don't know if Tatis surpassed his rookie limits or not if he did not I think he'd be a pretty easy bet as well yeah absolutely um does feel like the Dodgers develop another young star every year you had Bellinger a couple of years ago um Seager. the guy with the long hair what's his name yeah they had a lot of guys so obviously that's an easy pick but I'm gonna take Keyboom. all right Keyboom winning rookie of the year in the National League All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thanks for coming on, Bob. We'd love to have you again, especially if uh, the quarantine doesn't have you too busy. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we get some baseball soon. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs Corner, as always, presented by Coach's Bar and Grill. You can catch this episode, previous episodes, and future episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.